Welcome to another episode of Maverick Messages. My name is Andrew. I am a junior here at Providence Baptist College. And today we're excited because we're going to be bringing you one of our most recent chapel messages. So sit back, listen in, and let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1. All right, look at verse number 8, familiar verse, but we'll get into it this morning. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, the Bible says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in, uh, in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We understand this is Jesus' last instructions, his last command before he ascended into heaven after his resurrection. And he tells them very specifically their last, uh, his last command, which should be our first priority, Amen. Uh, was to reach people with the gospel through witnessing. And that'll be the study or the, the message this morning really quickly. I want to show you some very important lessons, I think, regarding the zeal of the early church, the zeal of the early church and how it should uh, challenge us as well. Lord, I pray that you bless the short message this morning. Well, thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to I emphasize that word zeal this morning, the zeal of the early church there in Jerusalem. Zeal is the passionate pursuit of anything. I'll repeat that. Zeal is the passionate pursuit of anything. In, in general, zeal is an eagerness of desire to accomplish or obtain some object. And it may be manifested either uh, in favor of any person or thing or in opposition to it and in a good or bad cause. That's the definition of zeal. And, and what I want you to understand is what started with Jesus calling out just a few disciples, amen, uh, in the early days of his ministry grew by the thousands at Pentecost in Acts 2, added 5,000 plus in Acts chapter 4, and rapidly became what the Bible says untold multitudes in just a few chapters. What caused that explosive growth in the church, the explosive uh, adding of, of, of new converts and Christians and, and, and to the early church there in Jerusalem? What caused that? What happened? It was the zeal of the early church. There were some people that caught what Jesus Christ told them to do here in Acts chapter 1, and they took it to heart, and they applied it with zeal. I want you to look. Uh, we just looked at verse 8. I want you to look at verse number 1 in Acts chapter 1. The Bible says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Uh, unto the day in which he was taken up, after that, which, uh, that, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. This is important to show to whom he also, also he showed himself alive after his passion, that was his crucifixion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them about 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The zeal of the early church, first of all, I want you to see the motivation for their zeal. The motivation of their zeal was simply the Lord Jesus Christ and his promised return. Their zeal uh, to see the gospel reach people and to add to the church, the motivation of that zeal was Jesus Christ and his promised return. We see that there in those verses that we just uh, read, uh, how not only was, uh, was he uh, crucified, but he rose again uh, and, and was shown by many infallible proofs uh, for 40 days he was seen before his ascension into heaven. We just read verse number 8, but look at verse uh, number 9 and, and 10 and 11. You see there, uh, after he had uh, spoken those things, verse 9, while they beheld, he was taken up. 
And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him into heaven. What was the motivation uh, for the zeal uh, of the early church? It was Jesus Christ and his promised return. Have we forgotten about Jesus Christ and his promised return? Man, it's, uh, we used to, and we still hopefully use uh, the term, the imminent return of Jesus Christ. What does that word imminent mean? It means that it could happen at any moment. And, and you know what the problem is? Uh, there was a day back at our independent Baptist churches where that was preached over and over and over again. And they looked forward to the uh, imminent return of Jesus Christ. And because maybe it didn't happen exactly when we thought it was going to happen, it seems as if, if we're not careful, our attitude can change pertaining that. doesn't matter how long it's been, we can look forward to every day as could this be the day that Jesus Christ returns. My goodness, what an unbelievable thought that today could be that day. And, and, and the motivation, the zeal of the early church was, was based on Jesus Christ, His life, His ministry, His truth, and His promised return. Well, there's a lot of verses that will tell us about the preeminence of Jesus Christ. Uh, Colossians 1 verse 18 says that he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have what? The preeminence. Uh, there's also many passages in scripture uh, where Jesus talks about, uh, even during his ministry, the short time that he had to do his work. And can I tell you that same principle applies to you and I. There is a limited amount of time to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? When you go out soul winning, when you look at that coworker, maybe that person you work with, fill in the blank. It could be a, it could be a relative. It could be, it could be, uh, it could be anybody. When you look at, do you, you think this might be the last opportunity that they have to be saved? That'll break your heart, Lord. This might be the last opportunity. This might be the only chance that I have to win them to you. Jesus said in John chapter nine, verse number four. He said, "I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day." He said, "The night cometh when no man." Can work. Jesus said that about his own personal ministry, and the same is true about my ministry, and the same is true about your ministry. There's a limited amount of time, and the, the zeal that we ought to have for the, uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ, we should, the motivation of that zeal should be Jesus Christ and his promised return. The second thing I want to uh, point out about uh, the zeal of the early church is I want you to see not just the motivation for their zeal, but I want you to see the power behind their zeal. The power behind their zeal was prayer and the filling of the Holy Ghost that came along with it. Look at verse, uh, look at chapter 2 in the book of Acts, and, and we understand this is talking about the day of Pentecost. And it says in verse number 1 that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse number 5 and 6, very important verses to understand this passage. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded. Why? Because that every man heard them speak, what? 
in his own language. This is not a study on tongues and how, what the Bible says about it, but we understand uh, that it was a known language. It was an understood language. And um, this is not the modern-day tongues movement. If you go back and read the end of chapter uh, 1 in the book of Acts, you'll see that before they had the miracle of Pentecost, they had prayer in the upper room. They had that private prayer. And so I want you to get this morning not only the motivation for their zeal being Jesus Christ and His promised return, but I want you to understand the power behind their zeal was prayer and the filling of the Holy Spirit of God. Guess what? We can be zealous about nothing, can't we? We can run around like, what are the, like the hamster on the wheel, right? And we can be busy about a lot but not doing anything. And, and if we don't have power behind our zeal, and if that, power, that, if that power comes through prayer, that power comes through the Holy Spirit of God. And you see here that God decided to do something miraculous because of their prayer and because of their filling of the Holy Spirit of God. And we understand that they heard in their own language, and, uh, and let me just say this, this is a great thing to remember. As miraculous as it was for them to, be, for them to speak and for them to be understood in different, in different languages, guess what the greater miracle was? The message itself. And can I tell you this? As they went out, as they were, as they were converted, as they were saved, as they were added to the church and they were commanded to go and do likewise, did they go out and start speaking in these understood tongues or did they go out and deliver the gospel? So what was the emphasis from Acts chapter 2 was, was that the tongues itself, that was just a vehicle that God used for them to hear the gospel. The miracle was not the method. The miracle was the message. And you've got to get that down. And these people don't understand it. They don't have a clue when it comes to this, to this conundrum, if you would. But the biggest miracle was the message, not the method. And they didn't go out trying to replicate that miracle of speaking in tongues, but they went out house to house telling people, of Jesus Christ. And that's what should result to the miracle of salvation in our life is where we go out and we're compelled to tell others about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we saw the motivation for the zeal was what? Jesus Christ and his promised return. We saw the power behind their zeal was what? It was prayer and the Holy Spirit, right? Third of all, I want you to see the result of their zeal. The result of their zeal was boldness, was boldness. And we see it uh, in Acts chapter 4. Verse 31, you shouldn't be too far away from there. You can flip over and see this for yourself. In Acts 4.31, says, When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And it says, They spake the word of God with what? Boldness. I think one of the sad things is to observe, and guess what? We all go through times of this. I wish I could say that I was zealous 100% of the time. I was bold 100% of the time. We all go through stages of this, but I think one of the, one of the difficult things as a Christian is to look around and see the lack of zeal, but the lack of boldness that's produced because there is no zeal. And you have people that are just beaten down, and, and, and as others are coming out of the closet, Christians are going back in the closet, and, and there's, a, there's a lack of boldness. And, but I, I think the reason that many of us don't speak the word of God with, bold, with boldness is because we're lacking his power. We're not putting in the prayer and receiving the power. And so therefore we lack the boldness. I want to just show you a couple examples of boldness. When men of God, when ladies of God were bold, what God did. And I want to challenge you that I think he can still do the same today. Do you believe God can still do something big today in your bus route, in your soul winning ministry? It's amazing to see. I, I talked about this with the teachers on Sunday night, the Sunday school teachers. Uh, the privilege that some of us, Brother Hall and myself and some of these guys, get to sit in every single soul winning meeting that we have. Almost every single one. We don't go to, I don't go to the ladies soul winning meeting. 
But I sit in the Thursday night meeting. I sit in the Saturday morning meeting. We have a, a staff meeting that we have uh, just given testimonies about soul winning. And, and to hear the miraculous working of God. God is still working. And if he's not working through you, the problem is not with God. Now, let me just say this. God working through me and God working through you does not always produce the adult that's walking down the aisle getting saved and baptized. Now, I think God will give us fruit as a result of our faithfulness. If you go four years and you're not seeing that to some degree at all, that's a problem, okay? But my point is we don't, we don't go soul winning this Saturday because we fully, uh, because of, a visitor came last week. We go because we're obedient. We go because it's the right thing to do. We go that because regardless of, uh, of whether or not my individual efforts, I saw them to fruition, God is still blessing obedience and God is still blessing the gospel going out. Amen, amen, and amen. But I, I love to hear the different testimonies about how God is working and, and, the, and the, the people that are being led to the Lord and, and the people that are visiting the church and, and the untold uh, dozens that literally just walk into the, the doors of Northwest Bible Baptist Church. How did you hear about our church? Well, you know, I found you online or this or that or whatever. And we believe that God blesses corporately because of those things. But let me give you a couple examples of boldness. First of all, real quickly, we see after the message at Pentecost, we see Peter preaching a message of repentance from Solomon's porch. So he preached this message and many were converted in Acts chapter 2. And, and him seeing the power of God at work, he's emboldened by that. And we don't have time to read his entire message, but it's a very bold message of repentance that's preached from Solomon's porch here, verses 11 through 26. And maybe if you look at, um, let's see here, maybe look at verse 19 and 20. This is Acts chapter 3 and in verse 19 and 20. It says, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Uh, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord and, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before, he was, or which before was preached unto you. Uh, look at verse 26. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from his iniquities. This was a very bold message that was unpopular uh, in the religion of the Jews. Jesus Christ and, and who he was and the repentance that was needed. And he was basically saying, uh, repent, Jesus is the answer, and, and the same Jesus that you literally just rejected. Okay? And um, as this story continues on, we're not going to read it all, but as you look into chapter 4, you see uh, where the religious crowd was very upset and angered by Peter's boldness, by the message that they had here. And, uh, and you see that in verses 1 through 4. You see that in verse number 10. Uh, you see verse number 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none uh, other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. Verse 13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived there were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So we saw this example of boldness. And, and we understand they actually commanded them, right? You're not allowed to speak anymore in the name of Jesus. Can you imagine if that happened in 2024? Can you imagine if we were commanded not to speak anymore in the name of the Lord? I wonder how many people say, well, it's the law. Or will we have some boldness to say, listen, I didn't get... I didn't get the right to do it from you. You don't have the ability or to take that right away. Amen. Our, our rights, our freedoms come from God, not the government. Well, what do they do? The Bible says in verse 19 and 20, verse 18, they were commanded not uh, to speak anymore in the, in the name of Jesus. Um, but look what they said in verse 20. We cannot but speak the things of which we've seen and heard. So when they had threatened, further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for which was done. Look at verse 23 says, being let go, they went to their own company, right? 
And then look what immediately started happening. All the way from there to verse 31, they immediately began to preach Jesus one more time. And it's amazing, they went right back to it, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. The story continues, they didn't stop, they were arrested. The Lord breaks them out of prison, and this is interesting, we don't have time to study this, but this is different from chapter 12, where Peter himself was, was freed from, from prison. The uh, Bible doesn't say a whole lot about everything that happened, except that he literally freed them from prison and commanded them to go back to preaching, and that's what they did. And, and they were accused uh, in chapter 5 of filling Jerusalem with their doctrine. Did you see that? Go look, flip over to Acts chapter 5 and look at verse number um, 28. They, were, they asked him, did we tell you not to, to teach and, and preach the name of Jesus? And they said, but ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, of course, Peter and the others answered and said we ought to obey God rather than men. I want you to see their boldness. They would not be stopped. And I'm afraid that it doesn't take much for Christians to be stopped in their witness. A little bit of snow, a little bit of cold temperatures. And listen, I'm not talking about being prudent. Pastor talked about that, and we feel like we did that this last weekend. I'm talking about those of us that will look for an excuse. Well, I can't talk to this person for this reason. Or I can't go out this long for this reason. Or I can't knock on doors for this reason. Or I, and we always have these excuses of why we can't. Instead of saying, my goodness, there's the power and the prayer that's gone into, uh, into this. And now God has given me boldness to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I, over the years, uh, we've had some interesting people that have called the church. And I guess that's one of the things that I get to do at the church is listen to some of these voicemails that people send in. And they're angry at soul winners and different things. And I think it's good to be respectful I think you ought to understand when you're being videoed, um, you know, just, you don't have, you know, you don't have to chit-chat. If you, if you walk up to the door and there's a ring doorbell or there's whatever, don't chit-chat. Just be professional and wait for them to answer the door. I was out soul winning. I think it was last Thursday night. We went, we got invited into this house and within eyesight, uh, and this wasn't like a mansion or any place that you would think would be burglarized or whatnot, but within eyesight of the doorway, I think I counted three cameras inside that house, inside the house. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? The indoor cameras. I'm like, man, what, what, they must have something valuable here or whatnot. But guess what? You know, you know that, and you're aware of that. And, and you, like I said, you, don't, you know, when they walk away, you don't go, man, this place stinks. You know, come on. You, don't, you can't do stuff like that, all right? I've heard some crazy things out solding. I've, I've had some solding partners that said some very, uh, some things that you're like, don't you realize that, like, first of all, it shouldn't say that. Second of all, we could be recorded right now. And so anyways, I get all sorts of voicemails at the church, but I'll, I'll never forget, I got this one, I wrote this one out here. This person called the church. They were mad that we left uh, tracks. This person said, you are a sinner for sure to leave door cards at my private home door. You know, you need a savior very badly. You show your religion by your behavior, not respecting other people's privacy as well as breaking the law. There is no way in hell that you love anybody with such disregard. You prove it by this very action. Um... I thought we called and wrote your church about this, and now here you're at it again. Just keep up your sinful behavior without apology and recognizing what you do. This shows you who you really are and what you really believe. This is somebody upset at us for leaving the gospel, right? Here's another one. I can't read some of these, uh, I can't read some of these uh, words here. That's always a blessing. Um, this is somebody that didn't, their door didn't get knocked on. This is somebody that called us because they anticipated somebody coming to knock on the door. This person said, I think it was the beginning of the year, they said, let me give you fair warning right now. I know, I, I can't read all the words. Uh, I, I think I had it just transcribed, and so it's all here. I know your legalistic harassers are soon going to be out harassing people with their legalistic stuff, 
and I won't have it. If they come to my door once, I will warn them while blowing cigarette smoke into their face that the police will be called the second time, and a restraining order will be signed against your cult. Uh, people like you give Jesus a bad name. Frankly, all you need to do, you need to leave this town. And blah, 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 blah. There's more there. But um, the point is, these are accusations. I think of this passage of Scripture where they were accused of filling Jerusalem with their doctrine. That's what I think about. And I hope that you're not so shallow that that stuff, that, I laugh at that stuff. I, you have to laugh at that stuff. And it, what's sad, and I can't remember who was talking, maybe Joel was talking about this, but the sad thing is sometimes that stuff is, is, is put on some of our younger our teenagers and, and things like that. And they're still figuring this. I hope you're not in Providence Baptist College and you get sidelined or you get discouraged. Now, guess what? Nobody wants to get cussed at. Right? Nobody likes that. But the reality is that person has a problem with God. They don't have a problem with you. And my point is, it doesn't take much to stop some people. But guess what? The early church, these preachers, Peter and John and these different men, they were not deterred by anything because of their boldness, because of the power of God that they had behind them. I think that particular week that we got those messages, I think we had eight. It was a real cold day during the winter. I think we had eight souls that were saved that Sunday. And I think we had families that were there because of people out knocking doors. What are you going to do? You're going to stop because somebody threatens you? You're going to stop because somebody calls you a, a name or a bad word? And, and guess what? Our persecution right now in America is so small compared to right now, really all the places around the world, definitely places uh, in times past. And I guess what I want to challenge you with this, uh, this, this morning is just this. You know, what, what does it take to stop us? What does it take to subdue our zeal? If our zeal can be subdued, it's because it's not based on the right thing. And the product, remember, the result, the product of our, of our zeal uh, is boldness from on high. And remember, the power behind our zeal is prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't forget that. As you start a new semester, I'm sure you have some goals. Lord, help me pass my classes. Amen. I, you may have, I hope you have some accuracy. Lord, help me to get a good paying job that I can save up and get married finally. Amen. All right. You got goals. Do you have any goals as it pertains to your personal ministry? Lord, would you please give me somebody this Saturday that'll listen to the gospel? Uh, Lord, would you have, and, and can I say when you pray that way, you will find opportunities. And, uh, and uh, guess what? We all go through ups and downs. We all get uh, apathetic at times. Uh, but it is amazing, even personally, for me to observe when I make a conscious effort to pray and, and, and get God involved in soul winning and, and how God will just give you people. And I could give illustrations of that. Even on Saturday night, away from soul winning time, a man that I was able to talk to about the Lord and, and, and about church and, and just the Lord putting you in situations. It's not you, right? As pastor preached on Sunday morning, it's not in me, right? It's in the Lord. And I hope that maybe uh, as a student this semester you'll say, Lord, would you, would you give me some goals? Would you help me to come up with some, some goals? I want to be zealous unto good works. I want to be zealous about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want that zeal to produce a boldness in me that cannot be denied. We understand we're not to be compared amongst each other. We understand it's not about the praise of men or even the, the, the testimony of, of what other men think. But let me just ask this question. If, if other people were to give a fair evaluation of you as a Christian, would they label you to be bold or zealous? Oh, yeah, he's an average Christian. He's a good guy. How about that? That's all. Oh, he's a, he's a good kid. He's a good guy. She's a good, she's a good lady. How, no, 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 no. Are they zealous? Are they bold for the Lord? Can I say a lot of that has to do with what we do outwardly? Now, we understand that's only sustained by what's done inwardly, right? But 
what, what's God this semester that maybe other people could notice? Man, there's something about that guy, Jacob. Man, he's zealous for the Lord. And that guy's bold. He might, might be crazy, but guess what? He's bold for the Lord. And that's the challenge for the zeal of the early church. What was their motivation? Jesus Christ and, 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 his, and, and his promise to return. What was the power? Obviously prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. But what was the, the result? It was definitely boldness. And help that to be our prayer and heart's desire this morning. Lord. What a wonderful message we just heard. I hope you were as challenged as I was after hearing that powerful sermon. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time on another episode of Maverick Messages.